Hey everyone, um, yeah, so it's me again, and this time I'm gonna try to do this just, um, talking, as opposed to talking to someone, um, or recording myself doing a pitch, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. I always prefer talking to someone, um, whether that's a, a friend one-on-one or, um, a group of people. So, but it's really been on my mind, um, which is, uh, being in Overeaters Anonymous, uh, or FA or, um, ABA, any of the food programs and, and the, and the focus on weight and kind of, um, how to hold this idea of weight loss in recovery. I, I can't speak for everyone, uh, obviously. So my disclaimer is that my disclaimer is, um, not everyone has my disease. Uh, so my perspective doesn't work for everyone. Uh, so please take what you like and leave the rest. Um, so I'll just sort of start a little bit with my weight loss journey. So uh, I was a normal sized kid, was very active, uh, hyperactive little tomboy. Well, I wasn't little, I was never little. Um, I grew up really fast. Um, I was the tallest kid in my class up until junior high. I was like a head taller than people. And I have this stretch marks to prove it, kind of like how um, men get stretch marks because they grow all of a sudden they have these growth spurts. So I was five, six, uh, in the sixth grade, or maybe it was the fifth grade. I was five, six and I'm five, seven. So like, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I didn't start gaining weight, um, until, uh, you know, what I call the beginning of the dark years, um, junior high and, uh, there's a lot going on at home, all that stuff. I've talked about this before, so I just want to skim to, you know, gaining or skip to um, gaining 60 pounds. And that brought me up to 185, which kind of became my um, lowest weight thing. I would I would go up to, uh, I think the heaviest was 200, um, but I would... Uh, never go above 200 and I would never go below 185 or if I did go below I wouldn't stay there I would um, so I pretty much resigned myself to being kind of the fat girl uh, and and so I, I kind of been trying to skip this part because I talk so much about it and other things, but just the idea of like coming in uh, to OA and um, uh, and be, being overweight and as opposed to a lot of anorexic and bulimics who come in and they, they don't have any weight to lose. Surely anorexics don't. We're like, you know, trying to get them to gain weight anyway. So coming in, and when I came in, um, yeah, I mean, as I talked about with Stephanie, uh, my recovery wife on another um, podcast is just being kind of 
really so focused on the food and not really getting that this is not about the food. It took a long time for me to realize that, um, uh, you know, that this was about why I turned to the food. It was not about the food. And that took a while um, to really get clear on that food is just a barometer. However, uh, you know, this was uh, late 90s uh, coming in, and um, I remember the first time I came into meetings and I would see women who were normal size, I would be like, what are they doing here? Why are they here? And then they would talk and they would share their photos. I don't really see that so much, but when we would have meetings of what it was like, what happened was like now, they would, their people would always have their photos so you could see. Um, and then sure enough, these, uh, height, weight, proportional women or, you know, fit women, uh, men, whatever, it was mostly women, um, at the time, uh, you know, it would be like, oh, oh, wow. And even then I couldn't understand, well, then why are you still here? Cause again, I just didn't understand addiction. I didn't understand that that was, um, what my um, ailment was, I thought my ailment was that I couldn't lose weight. And so I thought that was my sickness. Um, and so I thought that coming in and getting recovery was being able to lose weight and keep it off. Um, and it was a quite a journey it was like learning a different language um, to realize that that um, wasn't what OA is about. It's a completely an inside job. However, I do want to say I, I did lose the weight. I My weight loss process was very slow. I went down one size, 10 pounds, every two years. It was so frustrating. Um, and I kind of began to figure out. And so I think uh, my uh, maximum weight loss in my story is 60 pounds, um, 50. And that was when I got uh, too kind of near, near too thin. So 50 pounds was sort of my standard for the bulk of my years in program, that was my standard weight loss was 50 pounds. Um, so you'd think like 10 years. Uh, so maybe it wasn't exactly every two years. I think maybe, um, yeah, cause I don't think it was, I think it was like seven years it took, you know, but it felt like every two years. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was seven years. Okay, so it took seven years to lose um, 50 pounds and then I dropped an, some more weight and then I actually started to drop more weight and that's when my friends um, kind of said, you're not looking good. But here's my understanding of that. And every time I went down a size, I would get excited. And all of a sudden my focus became about losing the weight. and. I honestly believe that at that moment I stopped surrendering to the program and then I started treating 
my body and the program like a diet club. And I think that that's why I stopped losing weight is because I lost my spiritual focus. So over time, what I kind of learned was that I wasn't going to lose another ounce until I didn't care if I lost another ounce. <clears throat> the problem, which is true, surrender. And the thing that was really frustrating about that is, is that because it's spiritual, you, I couldn't fake it. I couldn't pretend to myself that I didn't care. Um, also for me, because uh, I know some people lose weight very quickly. That wasn't my story. Like I said, it was, I came in in 98 and then um, by pretty much by 06, 04, I was pretty close. Uh, 2004, you know, um, I was a size 12. And then by 2006, I was a size 10, which is kind of my standard. Um, and then, uh, so but going back to like every size that I drop, I learned that um, it felt like I had to emotionally process every fat cell before I could actually literally, metaphorically, I mean literally as in physically and metaphorically let it go. So. If you if you think about it in like I, I have a metaphor which is like so I always have a metaphor an analogy let's say that I'm standing there and something happens and um, I don't know how to process the emotion I have nowhere to go with it so now imagine that that emotion transforms itself into a food item so then I eat it and then I eat that and that turns into fat cells and those fat cells carry that emotional charge I just ate my emotions and I just keep doing that um, until I get bigger and bigger and bigger so and then even when I moved into bulimia I feel like this is still true and here's here's how I think that works so if I just gain the weight I want you to think of like my emotional body is one size so let's draw a circle in your mind's eye of like that's my emotional body a nice big circle and my physical body because of the food that I consume is the exact same size circle because when I ingest the food, I'm keeping it in my body. And so physically, um, my body matches, matches the same, it's the same size circle. Uh, when I got into bulimia and when I had my major relapse in 06 and I started purging, what I sort of imagine that is like, imagine that my emotional body is big and round but my physical body is a lot smaller so when you because whenever I purge so let's break this down I'm interrupting myself I have an experience I have feelings that I don't want to have 
or that I don't know what to do or I, I don't know how to emotionally regulate. So I reach for food and I eat my feelings. So the physical matter of the food, the actual physical particles I eat, and then the emotion attached to that food I eat. So then my emotional body that gets bigger and bigger because it's full of these unresolved um, you know, emotions gets bigger because it's holding more and more. And now, so, so you're imagining that circle get bigger, but physically what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw up those particles so that my physical body doesn't actually match my emotional body anymore. Hence, you look at me and you think that I'm fit and there's nothing wrong with me when in fact, what you can't see is how much unprocessed emotions I'm carrying around with me. And here's what I think anorexia is. Um, and again, I, I haven't really thought too much about this, but here's kind of what I think about it is now imagine that you're on your way to anorexia an emotional experience happens and you don't want to have those emotions. So you're not even going to allow any emotions in your body. And one of the ways to do that is to exert incredible control over your body. And so you're not gonna eat. And that's sort of like, you're not even going to allow food into your body because that wakes your body up. You have to process it. And if you stop eating enough, shortly within a short amount of time you will dissociate so now imagine that instead of like let's go back to the compulsive overeater where it's like she's got a physical body which is one circle and she's got her an emotional body which is another and those two are are touching they're they're touching same thing with the bulimic right emotional body uh very big circle physical body not very big at all um, and those two circles are touching. I think the anorexic, part of the anorexic is by exerting such extreme control um, over intaking of food and saying the no, uh, is saying no to processing any emotions um, and creating such a disassociation that now I want you to imagine that the anorexic is and the anorexic physical body and the emotional body are not connected at all they're very disconnected and because uh, that's such a extreme form of dissociation i think that um, uh, bulimia has its own uh, uh, benefits which is you know so now i'm going from going from anorexia back to bulimia where my experience is is that um, you know, I revert to um, eating my emotions. And then uh, there's a couple of things that can happen for me, which is I either freak out about gaining weight and I, I purge that that's definitely a factor. Or I am, this was more often for me with my, I wasn't a, you know, five time a day bulimic. Um, I was a periodic was my emotions felt so big and too much 
and I wanted to get them out of my body. I wanted to be free of the emotion. So I would do this binge and work up to this incredible purge. And and it felt like in in throwing up, I was throwing up my feelings. And then of course, uh, my body, you know, it thinks that my body, anybody's body is, is set up that after you throw up, you get flooded with endorphins. Uh, because it it thinks that you have just released something like like you know if you have food poisoning or whatever you throw it up your body is designed to like oh you get rid of something and then sort of flood you with endorphins like oh you're gonna be okay or or whatever it it is so I it would the throwing up would give me this incredible sense of relief But my actual emotional body, so let's go back to the two circles, as a bulimic, you know, my physical body looks so much different than my emotional body. My emotional body doesn't shrink at all, you know. Um, If anything, it gets a little bigger because now I have shame about the fact that I just purged. So um, anyway, so I'm talking about this because I, for myself, I started to understand that I couldn't physically get smaller faster than I was processing the emotions that I had stored. Um, it it was just my journey. Um, I know of women who come in, so let's go back to the two circles, that uh, they come in and uh, they're like, again let's use overeaters compulsive overeaters their body is one size and their emotional body is the same size and they come in and they lose weight really quickly and my experience with those witnessing those and sponsoring those is that at some point now they're pretty much like a bulimic even if they're not practicing which is in in this analogy which is that their physical body does not match their emotional body. <clears throat> Again, if I had charts, maybe I'll do a, a picture or something and, and kind of, you know, use it as an example. So now they think that they've achieved goal weight and they're wondering why they don't feel any better or why they're not experiencing the miracles that are so promised is because on the inside they're still 300 pounds or 200 pounds or whatever it is and then they're very susceptible to relapse because they're not in harmony with who they really are Uh, they didn't actually process all the feelings that they ate over because you know it it takes time to process something you can't just write I'm upset about my dad tell your sponsor oh I'm upset about my dad I ate over it and then think the next day you're free of all those feelings that's that's not how it works you know it's sort of like um, I'm just gonna use a dumb example I'm upset that my dad took my dog away from me um, after he got it for me, you know, like eight months later. And then it's like, I, I ate over that when I didn't know what to do. Now, when I talk to someone about it, I have to get in touch with that feeling, that emotion that I didn't let myself have or didn't 
or I wasn't allowed to have. So I got to write it down. You know, it's in my four step under my resentments. I tell my sponsor about it. Um, We certainly look at my part, but I also, you know, for me, I'm like, I have to be like, God, that really hurt my feelings. I was really sad about that. I have to actually have the emotional experience that I didn't have, you know, uh, at that time. And, uh, and then, you know, so maybe the next day I feel sad about it, you know, and I sort of, you know, tell my friends like the food's really on my back today. I'm like, I don't know why nothing's going wrong with work. Everything's great. And then someone says, and I'm like, well, I did tell my sponsor yesterday about, you know, my dad taking my dog away. Maybe it has something, maybe that has something to do with it. And then we're talking and I'm like, oh yeah, that really, yeah, that does. Now, and then, you know, two, three days later, now like there's an alignment, you know, between now I've processed it emotionally. Um, and then I think like, and again, this is just all analogy. Then I think like those fat cells are like, okay, you don't need me anymore. I'm no longer, my physical fat cells are no longer storing any sort of emotional charge. And so they're like, yeah, we can go. Um, so I, okay. So I'm going to interrupt myself. Um, I'm kind of, I'm not losing my train of thought, but I want to jump to, you know, again, this idea of losing weight faster then uh then you're emotionally processing the weight that you gained um so there's and that's one piece of it i also want to talk about how uh when i was on the uh board uh in san francisco the uh intergroup not the board so the intergroup uh for san francisco the uh chairwoman was uh, kind of a well-known person in uh, the San Francisco uh, OA community as a success story. And she was a big woman and um, she, when I saw her, I thought she was in the rooms for anorexia. And I was really new, you know, um, and so when I figured out, I think her name was Rachel, when I figured out like her story, I remember thinking, are, 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 is no one gonna say anything to her? So, and I, I guess I'm just saying this in terms of being really careful about focusing on weight loss, that it can actually turn in to restricting, and then restricting can turn into anorexia because the disease progresses. Here's the other piece kind of attached to that. I knew another woman who uh, was in the rooms. I loved her. Um, and she did a lot of emotional processing around um she was uh one of the women who had been uh, sexually abused by a priest 
she was a very big woman and she had done so much processing around it. She talked about it a lot. She went to court, everything. And at the end of all of that, uh, you know, she decided to get the surgery, the stomach surgery. And she did. And, um, and it was a successful surgery and she was able to keep the weight off. So, um, I, I think that, that she was ready to let go, uh, that she had done all of the emotional work and she was ready to lose the weight and be smaller in the world. Because that's another thing about uh, being overweight is that we take up more space. Also, for women with the Me Too movement, whether it's true or not, there is the idea that if you're overweight, you're less of a target. It's, it's not true, but you believe it. You believe like, oh, no one wants to attack me. I'm fat or no. And I can tell you from experience in terms of people I know, this is absolutely not true. But the idea is, is that fat protects me. It desexualizes the body. Um, also getting older, you think like, you know, oh, I'm too old to be, I unfortunately um, have friends of both uh, being really overweight and being uh, an el elderly woman and, and both having been sexual assaulted. But the idea is, is that um, the shape of my body will sort of minimize uh, my, um, the possibility of, get, of getting hurt. Now there's another piece that I want to um, kind of bring in um, and this is what I was talking about in the beginning where it's I don't know how cohesive this talk is I feel like it's very patchwork quilt of all these ideas that I have around weight um, and focusing on weight loss in the rooms um, in my journey of initially of losing weight I I had a sponsor kind of tell me, or I either had her tell me, or I heard it, which is that if I completely, in step three, surrendered my will in my life over the care of my higher power, that included my weight, that my body size was no longer my business, and that I was going to practice trusting every day that my higher power you know was a loving benevolent higher power and that I was not being punished um, the gifts of the program were not being withheld from me that it was in my best interest to lose weight at the rate that I was losing it and I would agree with that my story is uh, coming from a family with uh, domestic violence uh, in its history. Um, that's more from my biological dad and from my grandparents. Uh, I sort of experienced a softer um, version of that growing up where my dad was, 
he he was a bully um, and he didn't hit me or my mom but uh, he postured and when I was young and my parents were young um, he would punch the bathroom door and he would box uh, so uh, for me I and then you know I have trauma memories being bigger in the world was what made me feel safe so it was a big deal for me to lose weight uh, because basically it was like my armor you know so imagine that you know somewhere around 12 I was like okay kid you're on your own my parents are completely lost into their own narcissism I'm having to go through life I'm, I'm left alone and so I like you know go out and I buy this armor this incredible like warrior woman armor that weighs 60 pounds and I just put it on me you know what I mean like a footballer I've got my leg stuff I got my calf stuff you know I've got arms I got a breast shield I got like you know everything and it's 60 pounds and I'm like yeah you know and it's true I, I felt a lot safer in the world um, because I knew that weighing 185 to, to 200 fluctuating in between that that I was the weight of an average size man and that at 5'7 you know I wasn't petite and so you know I, I just felt the odds were in my favor favor and that is a very victim viewpoint of the world that I am asking my body to exist solely in potential defense of an assault um, and it took a lot of work and healing to get out of that mindset and to sort of move from a preemptive strike to a uh, intuitive way of living where I could trust that my spidey senses could keep me safe as opposed to carrying um, this very spiky aggressive armor that weighed a lot. Now I want to kind of jump, you know, uh, interrupt myself and or, you know, transition to uh, talking about fluctuating weight loss um, or fluctuating weight, you know. Uh, so, again, uh, I don't speak for everyone. There are people in the rooms who you know, lost weight and stayed the same size their whole life, their whole recovery. That's not been my story. Uh, even in abstinence, uh, my weight has crept up um, by just going to um, uh, more restaurants than, uh, you know, even picking totally healthy, like meals, all, you know, not, you know, breaking my abstinence in any way. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it's, it's happened. Um, and then also keeping my food the same, but not exercising as much. My weight went up. Now, when I, uh, when I hit 40, um, I noticed that my metabolism, uh, 
was slowing and I, you know, I, I wasn't big into exercise. And so I wasn't going, I mean, I was doing regular exercise, like walking and everything, but I wasn't willing to work out even more, which meant that in order to maintain my size, um, I had to eat less. And that was a conscious decision that I talked to my sponsor about. So it is very natural for anyone's weight, male or female, that as you age, that your metabolism slows down and roughly, you know, every 10 years, you're going to go up a size or get naturally just, and I wasn't ready at 40. I just wasn't. Um, I wanted to keep my size 10. And, and so I talked with my sponsor about it and that meant, you know, I had to go on a more reduced food plan. I think actually it was more around like 45 that I really started to notice, um, that I was doing everything the same and yet the weight was creeping up. I think that's kind of more like it because maybe it was a pound a year. And I was like, you know what? I just, I'm not ready. And so uh, I, I want to talk about this separately because that was about holding on to my youth. That I wanted to, uh, I wanted to keep my young body. And that's fine. I, I don't have any criticism towards myself about that. Um, I was very aware of what I was doing at the time. Um, I was, I just wanted to still be kind of young and sexy. And let me tell you something. If you think you're old, if you're not like in your fifties, trust me, you're not old. Um, it's not really until you get close to 50 that people that you can't hide your age. You know what I mean? Like 30 is still very young. Uh, 40 is still very young. And then it's the journey from 40 to 50 that people no longer think you're young. Um, they think you're uh, a young old person, but they don't think you're young. And so I, yeah, I just wanted to keep my all my clothes I just wanted to do that and that was fine and then when I turned 50 I was like okay I'm ready I am ready now to be an older woman who organically gains weight and I have to say that now that I'm at this age now I understand like when I came into the rooms and there were these older women women who were all overweight I couldn't understand why they were there. Well, now I understand they weren't overweight. They were just older women who are like, no, actually, this is organic. This is what happens to a person's body who just eats the same, exercises the same, and guess what? Your metabolism goes down. And so in what I had to do there was really look at about this obsession with youth culture, uh, that the celebrities do it. Um, I don't know if anyone saw or heard about Madonna's TikTok. I, I mean, she was so unrecognizable. It was, it was unbar- embarrassing for her. 
and just again like that women aren't allowed to get older um and that you know men get older they get sexier everyone talks about that women you know we culturally seem to lose our usefulness in society when we lose our sexual appeal which is of course internalized misogyny <clears throat> so that um so i want to kind of throw that in around this idea of weight loss which is is that holding on to um a a very tight body with minimal curves because that's what a young girl's body looks like and this again for those who know this is why there's so much backlash around all of these models and magazines that are like you know 12 to 26 a 26 year old is considered an old model like they are old um uh, because that's when their body starts getting soft you know it's like around 22 23 24 you know um they their body gets rounder and softer and it's it's ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous and it's also amazing how all of this is driven by the fact that we haven't developed a technology with photography um or film that doesn't add 10 pounds like it that te- that technical difference is what's driving so many women in the entertainment industry or modeling industry to be underweight or for um fashion magazines to use um uh young girls as their models because in the magazine the mag- the picture will be 10 pounds heavier anyway so it's a very complicated issue so um i i don't know where to end with this other than going back to um the third step you know i made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power and i made a decision to turn my thoughts and my actions over to the care of a higher power and when it's like i made a decision to turn my food obsession and my body over to the care of a higher power and every morning making that decision and understanding that when you wake up the body that you have when you've turned it over to your higher power your my job is to embrace the body and give myself the love and acceptance that my family and media did not give me which is that i am amazing no matter what size i am i am lovable and i am worthy and i deserve um good things in life and a loving relationship loving friendships loving everything because of who i am and and not in spite of my body but with my body my body represents me my body is not just a car that i drive around in it's my body it has my um uh experiences in it it has it 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 is aligned with my emotional body it is aligned with my spiritual body um it is you know a trinity in that way 
and it is a blessing to have it and and that for me is the recovery piece or that for me is where I work my program not on the number on a scale or what size clothes I'm wearing if I'm focused in any way on that I am I've taken my will back I've told my higher power I'm like you know what you're not I don't like how you're directing my life let me go back to directing it fucking into the ground um and so whenever I catch myself doing that which is rare these days I um I just I just practice like looking in the mirror at my body and telling myself that I love myself looking in my eyes in the mirror and saying I love you looking at my body exactly as it is with the stretch marks and the loose skin because I did gain weight and lose it and you know the chicken wing arms and also now that I'm older like being a size 12 as opposed to a 10 like yeah I am you know what I mean? like okay you know this is this is me and uh and just and just being so grateful so grateful for a body that is emotionally aligned with my physical body and my spiritual body and that is the promise um that uh, my higher power gives me every day and that's the promise that i want um so thanks for listening